Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. We've just about made it. The weekend is upon us. We're almost there. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders and their employees, advocating on their behalf. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what is left of my mind and my voice to this live radio show where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years is that some of the absolute best thought leadership for SMBs especially, happens on Friday when we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend, myself included. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're forgotten, they're eased aside, they're swept under the rug in favor of our fun activities and our freedom from work, and pretty soon softball, which I'm very excited about. On Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics on the minds of SMB leaders, as well as their trusted advisors. The name of the show is not just a play on words. My last name means free in German, so a little deeper meaning here, people. It's not just a play on words. We always got a little bit of something under the hood. Today's episode of Always Friday is brought to you by SDA Wealth Strategies, a boutique financial services firm in the Hudson Valley, New York, offering personal wealth management and comprehensive business solutions for clients. SDA stands for Simplifying Financial Lives, Designing Financial Strategies, and Advocating to Implement Them. SDA offers a concierge experience for individuals and businesses. The firm's highest priority is always their clients' best interests while empowering people and businesses to be consciously proactive and to thrive today, tomorrow, and beyond. To learn more, visit SDAWealthStrategies.com. Speaking of SDA... We had a great discussion about business continuity in a cyber risk environment a few days ago, which was a first installment of the Business Solutions Education Series. I'd like to thank the special guests and the attendees that joined us today. We should get some additional valuable insights around this seemingly never-ending topic. So the shades are on. No, I'm not about to enter the matrix. It's just part of my shtick. Let's get this moving. Today's show is all about do SMBs need cyber insurance? So it seems like there's a news story every single day regarding cyber attacks or the potential of them happening. SMBs and their employees have become increasingly dependent on technology. The possibility for data breaches and ransomware are becoming less of an if and more of a when. A data breach can do more than just damage your computer system. It can also result in fines and legal fees, not to mention cripple your business. SMB leaders should have plans in place for dealing with a cyber attack and strongly consider if their business needs cyber insurance. Our special guest carries the Cyber Cope Insurance Certification, which and he provides comprehensive analysis, support in effective cyber risk management, and approaches to maintain strong relationships with open communication for really prospective cyber risk insurance clients, which is really close to everybody out there. Talk is cheap. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal here, everybody, use the insight on the business landscape. Think about it over the weekend and create more impact come Monday morning. Far too often, SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve all of their problems, the magic wand, the shiny new mousetrap, whatever you want to call it. One consistent thing that I see out there is that products change every single day in everything that we do, personal and business, no matter. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people 
and keeping a focus on the process that's actually going to help you achieve your goals. You do that, the products will be there. They will present themselves when you need them. I can all but promise you everything begins and ends with the people. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, we have a great show for you here today. We are speaking with my buddy, John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. So John has been in the industry since 2013, joined ACBI, which is now Cross Insurance Agency, as a risk manager in January of 2019. His practice is focused on the consultation, design, and implementation of property and casualty programs for middle market businesses as well as successful families. Again, he's also responsible for leading the agency's cyber liability practice and is a graduate of the Carnegie Mellon CCIC program, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on. John and his colleagues believe in building building winning partnerships to protect your team for tomorrow. Whether your team is your family, your business, or employees, you can depend on Cross Insurance to provide you with options for your insurance solutions. The firm represents insurance providers that are trusted names in the business to negotiate from personal insurance, commercial insurance, as well as employee benefits and bonds. From coffee shops to convention centers, the team can provide quality solutions to meet your needs. When John's not working, he is a rabid Michigan Wolverines fan, a bad golfer, which leads me to believe we went to the same training academy, and enjoys spending time with his wife, Colleen, and his dog, Charlie. John spent his undergraduate studies at Gettysburg College and resides in Fairfield, Connecticut. John is the man. He's the best person to chat with about this topic. As always, we're going to discuss my favorite free, my favorite questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument and the artist you'd like to hear play it? A little bit of a personal spin joining us from New England this morning to share some of his wicked smats in the world of cyber liability insurance and more. Johnny, Welcome to Always Friday, brother. Thanks so much for joining me. Steven, Steven, great to be here. Thanks for having me on this morning. Looking forward to having some fun. And uh, you got to forgive me. I am in mourning since my Wolverines were uh, sent home early from, from San Antonio last night. <laughs> we, we, we won't dwell on that, I promise you. But what we want to dwell on is a little bit of your travels. Do us a favor and paint us a picture of how and why you got where you are today. Oh, I mean, Steve. We uh, hopefully I'll get you know I'll, I'll I'll combine this as quickly as I can. But the story starts at a Taco Bell in Lemoyne, Pennsylvania, uh, which was my uh, first gig at uh, when I turned fifteen. And my uh, my old man said, "You got to get a job. I'm not paying for uh, I'm not I'm not paying for your uh, fun money anymore." And I bring that up because it's from there I developed my love for helping people and working with people, and you know face it, it's pretty easy to learn how to sell when you've got to upsell from a large drink to an extra large drink for that extra sense. I <laughs> use that to uh, spend a couple couple tours of duty in the fast food industry in high school and uh, lean into my time at Gettysburg where um, the same conversation happened, but the difference was my dad said, no more fun money. I'm not paying for your beer money. Go get a job. And, uh, and I got that, got that gig at the phone-a-thon, which was Let's be the annoying college kids who call you at seven or eight o'clock and say, hey, why don't you why don't you cut me another check after you uh, are one hundred thousand dollars in debt from a private school? So Absolutely. once I realized that, that I could make that sale, which arguably is one of the tougher sales you can make in today's day and age, I knew sales was the way I needed to go. Use that to get a job right out of college at a small little payroll company. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Steve, ADP. Uh, that's uh, a, where I 
was sending to Southern Westchester County to knock on doors and go build something. And after three months of, re- of getting thrown out of every bode- bodega in Yonkers, New York, uh, I was able to cut my teeth and uh, get momentum. Building a job or building my footsteps in my presence in this area, the New York metro area of doing something similar to you with consulting with those small to medium sized businesses of all things. Uh, At the time, at the end of my run at ADP, I got connected with a small little boutique firm by the name of ACBI Insurance and uh, one thing led to another, and I they brought me in to lead their presence in the southern Fairfield County and Westchester and beyond um, on the property and casualty side. Fast forward to January 2000, we had the good fortune of linking up with the largest family-held agency in the country, uh, one of the largest family-held agencies in the country, uh, a firm by the name of Cross Insurance, and we've been running with them since then. Um, today... I just love working with people, whether that's a small to medium sized business from nonprofits to education to construction to professional service services or um, certain individuals on helping them protect what they love and what they've built, whether it's their company and their assets and managing that risk in today's changing environment. And a big portion of that, Steve, you hit the nail on the head. It's cyber. That is the number one risk that I see client, that that clients are facing, regardless of the industry. And I'm super stoked to talk a little bit about that today. So, uh, as somebody who's dealt with small, medium sized businesses for a long time, as I have, you know, you come across that mentality of it's never going to happen to me. I'm too small. I'm not a target. I, I don't need this. I feel like I can make a very easy argument these days that everyone in business should be conscious of this. Is that a mindset that you share? 100%. And it's because for a variety of reasons. Number one, we can't do our jobs without the internet. And that in the internet is a vast, vast place. And no matter what you do, if you are a bodega to a consulting firm to General Electric, everything is done online. And if we, if you haven't realized that already, the last two years probably opened your eyes to that. Cyber risk is out there, and what's nice about what makes small to medium-sized businesses a significant target is they don't have the infrastructure that a General Electric has, or but they're also printing a ton of money, and they are making a lot, a lot of these. So you have to look at this. So every side, every small to medium-sized business needs to be conscious of this. So I know we're going to get a little deeper into this as we as we go on here, but give us a little bit on this particular designation you have, because you're one of very few people in the country that have this CyberCope insurance certification, are you not? Yeah, I'm one, uh, you know, each year they add more folks to the cohort, but when I, when I got one through the program, I was one of probably the initial 100. And what's nice, what's significant about this program is it's strictly selected of insurance brokers around the world that have made a focus in cyber insurance. And in cyber insurance, and I'm going to talk about this in a second, cyber insurance, it's really the last resort. It's really creating a true, no one ever wants to use, use the 
policies. It's what controls and what advice can you put in place so you don't get to that bad that bad day where you're calling where you're calling me because there's a bad there's an issue. Yep, it's uh falls right into my thoughts of. It's all about the people first, following a good process together will lead to the right end product. Now, sometimes the right end product isn't the right end product. Something goes ridiculously wrong and you need to recover from it. So you use your insurance to get there. But you have good people. You have good process. You have good conditioning for when something happens, not if, but when. You're, you're more than likely going to be in good shape. Sure so are. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you in more detail. We're going to take a quick break. But we'll be right back with my man, John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my friend John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. Before we dive into some of the methods behind John's madness, I want to just give a quick perspective on this topic as it is a very popular one. It's on business owners' minds. It's on my mind. It's on John's mind. It's on a lot of folks' minds out there. But just real quick, Cross Insurance Agency is a full-service insurance firm. Yet this is an area of insurance that is expanding so rapidly with all kinds of increasing complexity around it. It's almost like you can make an entire other business and practice just around cyber. So when asking the question, do SMBs need cyber liability insurance? If you look on a website like the Cross Insurance Agency website, it says it's recommended for businesses that handle credit card numbers, businesses that use computers and mobile devices, businesses that keep medical data, businesses that keep financial data, 
and if the business stores confidential customer information. Those little data points right there is, with the exception of medical data, is damn near every business that's out there. So you have some cyber liability insurance. It protects you from some some big items, most notably legal fees, notifying customers of data breach, recovery of some compromised data, but also repair for damaged computer systems. There are other professional services professional like folks that are working with SMBs that have begun making cyber liability consulting a part of their practice almost almost overnight. They see the need for it, but probably bigger than that, they see the ability to make additional revenue around this subject. It's a very sensitive topic that's on people's minds. But again, you do want to align yourself with the people who are really embracing this discussion, not just because it makes them more money, but because they've genuinely chosen to deepen their subject matter expertise around the topic because of its unbelievable relevance right now. So, John... Talk to us a little bit about the method. The scientific part of the show is upon us. What exactly are you doing? How are you doing it? And how are you going to market for it these days? So I want to get to that in a second. But if you don't mind, Steve, I kind of want to just piggyback off your last point because I think it's sure. our audience. It, cyber resilience, which is a word you're going to hear from me a lot, is a term that organizations if they bought into the concept realize they need to invest in but to your point steve there is so much noise out there and so many people offering services in a variety of industries uh, with both professional technology etc that the average consumer doesn't know where to spend the money they've got the money they know they've got to spend the money on it and it, it but it allocate those resources and so one of the things i'll talk about um in a shortly when i talk method is there's a lot of things you can do as an smb without running a check the which is incredibly powerful so how do i go which is a great question my as you know steve and being in this business and as the majority of the consumers know Insurance is an incredibly commoditized world, and especially in the property and casualty. We're right in the thick of March Madness. As I mentioned, as I watched my Wolverines lose last night, I probably saw 17 Geico and Allstate commercials. That's what we need to spend money on, what insurance should cost. I'm a big believer. Price, cost is certainly important to that, but I'm a big believer in becoming ingrained in my clients and in, in, in their lives. Because the reality is an average small to medium-sized business, let's face it, the finance arm, the HR arm, is wearing 17 different hats. And they don't have the time to really focus on certain things. They don't have the resources to, to give this complex ta uh, tactic a, the, the attention they need. So when I work with clients, the biggest thing I, decide, I try to do is become that extension of their firm in their in-house risk management council it, where they call me on a regular basis, not just as we're negotiating the insurance renewals to talk through things, not just in cyber, but it could be any of the property and casualty lines we work with. And as you know, I'll share one of the best client compliments I've gotten from a client, Steve, was the owner of a firm called me and said, you're a part of the management team. And when I look at that, that it, 
that is my goal when I work. That's my method. Is when I hit that with a client, I know we've I, I know we've truly developed a partnership. I think that's you hit on something that's so important, John. And it's it, I discussed it on the webinar that I was hosting the other day. One of the biggest words around what you do and how you do it is communication, especially with respect to the cyber liability world, because it's something that's changing on an almost hourly basis, the threats that are involved and the ways that people have to go about combating them. It's it's constantly, constantly changing. Now, in my travels, and I'm sure yours too, business owners, they, they'll negotiate you know a policy with an insurance broker, and then it's almost like they're afraid to keep any conversation going until renewal time because they're, they're just afraid it's going to open some type of can of worms, Pandora's box, where they might need another policy or additional coverage. But it's super important to keep a constant line of communication going, and I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, and when I talk about communication, uh, one of the biggest things about communication is employee training. The majority of cyber breaches are caused by user error and the in whether that's someone clicking on the wrong link or someone not someone getting an email, you know, asking for money and not picking up the phone to get to verify that it is their boss asking for that money. Uh, just, just clicking through and moving on. A best defense is a good offense and where we can get when when we train our, not just our buyers, but the employees of these firms, that doesn't cost a thing. And it's almost, and can just be just as powerful as some of the softwares, consulting, et cetera, et cetera, that are out there on the market. I would almost argue that it's more important to to have the people in mind first. And when you're talking about training and making sure that people are conditioned and prepared for this, it just it comes from a place of being responsive instead of reactive. And I think that's extremely important here. Hundred percent. So you know, go uh, talk to us a little bit further about like it's you know not every insurance broker that's out there really offers to. To, to implement some type of training program. That's, that's very interesting that, that you guys, you know, actually spend some time on that. You know, talk to us a little bit further about that. What does that look like? It, it's part of our DNA, Steve. And when we, you know, when we engage with a client, we implement what's called a stewardship program. And it, uh, and it can be, it's more than just cyber. It's working with every single aspect of their risk in putting in best practices, running through ideas, and really engaging with them on the tools and training that they need to prevent these claims. And what happened, and we do that at no charge for organizations. The, and what it does, and, you know, it can be everywhere from on site, it could be everywhere for connecting with carriers. We also have invested heavily in technology where we'll roll out to, the, we'll roll out to these certain groups. And you know, technology being being a way to deliver the actual you know messages and and processes in the end, but you know, really getting to know ingrained in the life of the business, which you know for SMB owners and their employees can be a, a big part of their lives. Really getting ingrained in there is 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 big time important. I think that's 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 crucial. So go, let's go back for a moment to this this designation that you have. I'm always fascinated by the alphabet soup that comes after everybody's names these days. I have some, you have some. You know, I've always seen the CIC type of designation, but this this CCIC thing is is somewhat interesting to me. Talk talk a little bit more about this. 
Yeah, so what it was, it was an immersive 10-month program that was done through the Chubb, the insurance company Chubb, um, but as well as the faculty of Carnegie Mellon's computer science program, computer science and technology programs. And that Heinz College is one of the premier institutions on um, IT, CEC, or IT, internet security, just overall risk in that changing world. And so it was a mix of tech, it was a mix of insurance, but it was also in a little bit of process to come, come, to, come to light as well, where we talk, where we went through table exercise on table exercises on responding to a breach initial training um, and designing these risk management programs um, in, in best practices on designing these scalable risk management programs for the 10 man, the 10 employee, $1 million groups to the 500,000 employees, billion dollar groups and how, how you could scale that program um, up and down the line. And really, it would be somewhat of a custom tailored suit for these businesses. Everybody's a little bit different. But, you know, I did take a look at the major topics that are covered in the program that you took, and they're, they're extremely relevant. And, you know, you talked about the risk management committee for, for, for small, medium sized businesses and everything. A lot of times they might not have that. A lot of times they might not have any sort of risk management consulting function at all. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you get, get these folks really engaged with this so it doesn't seem like it's just something that is like a necessary evil that just to check a box well i think first things first steve you gotta the, the things of getting engaged with it you gotta admit that there may be a problem uh and if you if we if a client doesn't see the value in it um or what we're going to bring the table isn't going to bring isn't going to make much sense and quite frankly they may not even be the best fit for cross, you know, because so we don't, we don't just take everybody. It's gotta be, when you bring on a new client, it's gotta be a mutually rewarding relationship. And I, I think it's, uh, so once we get them engaged and they understand, Hey, we're not getting this support from our current providers. We know we need to address this. It's all a matter of taking baby steps. You're not going to, you're not going to change the world overnight. It needs to become cultural and you need to take it small bites and work throughout the year. Um, and that's where we become the difference maker when working with a client. Yeah, I've kicked around the idea a bunch the last couple of weeks. It's, it's been on my mind a great deal where in order to, for things to not feel like a fire drill when they happen is you do fire drills a whole bunch leading up to when something might actually happen. So you feel nice and conditioned for it. So everybody's not yeah. freaking out. 100%. So I love it. Speaking of freaking out, uh, apologies to everybody for my dog making some noise upstairs, but just always part of the game. Some of the fun we have with live radio here. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with my man, John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. Stay with us. Howdy. Hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with my friend, John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. John, this is the part of the show where we like to dive into the madness. This is the artistic observational view of what you do, stories you have from the field, no subject story, too taboo, anything goes. And just to kick it off, something that we were talking about earlier that we we also chatted about with my friend Kathy Myron from eSilo last week, uh, tools that actually deliver some backup and cyber security uh, mitigation measures, the idea that these days social media profiles are almost more valuable to criminals on the, on, you know, the dark web than social security, social media over social security. It used to be getting a social security number would lead criminals to really be able to impersonate individuals and businesses out there. But now it's, it seems like it's almost easier for you gain access to social media profiles to, to really impersonate these people via technology. But very curious to hear some of your stories of madness, as, I, as I'm sure there are many of them. Yeah. Um, and to your point, Steve, it's look, the social security numbers are certainly important for all of us to protect. But the reality is, is they're not as valuable as they were on the dark web today as they were five, 10 years ago. Uh, I think the stat I, you know, it's probably a little outdated at this point, but the stat I love to share is about three years ago, a social security was worth a dollar on the dark web. And anyone's personal health information or data that could create their life story outside of social was worth upwards of 10. So the difference is quite paramount. And look, you've been in this business as long as as I have. You're going to have a couple bad days where you've worked with clients on on, um, when they've been at their darkest hour because they've been affected by a breach. Um, story that, uh, you, you know, one of the, one of the largest breaches I dealt with, and this is a good lesson to, um, folks on the phone, um, was client. It didn't, it didn't hit their system, Steve. It hit 
system of a software provider that they had used and software provider was hacked and things in our, in our, and things went downhill and that's that's when that's when as a small business you have to realize no matter if you think you're too small or you think you're too you're not going to be there look at the ecosystem of where you play in this world and a small business could be it uh, could have the largest contract be a government contractor it could be a large you work with large software providers is interconnected and everything flows downhill. So that's what it, when I work with small businesses, small to medium-sized businesses on this very topic, one of the largest conversations I have is, well, who do you sell to? Who who buys from you? Who's in your who's in your ecosystem? Because that's the question you figure out on where where how to manage risk. But also, what other softwares do you guys use on a daily basis? Is a huge question. You know, you talk about. You know, Microsoft 365 or, you know, using the Google suite or anything. But it's not just that. It's kind of back to what we were saying before, you know, social media versus social security. It's like everybody's got a freaking Facebook or LinkedIn profile, but also the businesses these days have Facebook and LinkedIn profiles where they're actually doing social media marketing to promote business. For a cyber criminal to, to get in some way, shape or form via those channels, pretty freaking easy, isn't it? Easy, and but the other thing too is financial transactions. You know, and what what people don't realize is financial. Tra- we always hear the financial transactions, so social engineering, phishing, spoofing, and that's almost just as easy. And where we see more frequency than some of the zero day ransomware events. The zero day ransomware events, they come, and when they come, they come quickly and they come fast. But on a regular basis. I see where I consult with a lot of a lot of my clients, and where training piece comes in is those phishing, spoofing, those financial transaction, and that's when clients have to be careful when they say when they say, "Hey, I've got cyber insurance." Not all cyber insurance policies are created equal, and sometimes folks find out the hard way that these financial transactions and these computer fraud crimes don't get picked up by insurance. So another interesting topic that you bring up that I've kicked around a bunch the last few weeks, I'm curious to get your perspective on it. You know, you've been dealing with insurance for a number of years, but as it relates to this, like we discussed earlier, a lot of the threats and the and the measures taken to, to mitigate them change on an hourly basis, but also some of the verbiage in the policy documents themselves with the carriers change on a regular basis like how how is cyber liability defined well today it's this tomorrow it's that do you see that all the time because I mean, what's happening in at the risk of getting to insurance but to have our listeners understand where the market is so cyber insurance for the last 10 years was underpriced and there was a tremendous amount of we call it capacity. And all that means is there are a lot of pol- carriers were willing to sell as many policies as they can because quite frankly, Steve, they didn't understand the risk. Fast forward after the last, you know, the two years of the pandemic shut down and some of the massive events that we had in 2019, uh, the carriers are pulling back a little and what we call it the market's hardening. So when you talk about policies changing, 
carriers are pulling back, they're raising deductibles and retentions. Um, but the scary thing is, is they're going to start capping limits for certain events. Uh, the bigger one that I see is ransomware. And all because ultimately the frequency of ransomware attacks are happening because the bad guys know that there's insurance policies out there to pick up the pick up the pieces. So that's one that we'll have to keep an eye on over the next few years. And the feds are watching it too. I, I think last year, uh, President Biden uh, commissioned a cyber or a cybersecurity council, and that was one of the things they kicked around was to just stop covering ransomware as a way to stop this. So this this market is so dynamic and so fluid, it changes on a weekly basis. So you mentioned drastically underpriced over the years and a concept that I've kicked around also the last couple of weeks. It's a lot of this stuff has come up, but you know, I'm assuming you're seeing premiums increase. And that's something that will also, you know, tend to scare the, the average SMB owner. They're always looking for ways to save time and save money. Yeah, but this is something where you know, traditionally, uh, uh, you know, my my special guest Kathy said last week. A lot of times, it can cost you less than the office spends on office supplies. But it is hardening, as you said, and the premiums will be increasing. But it's almost it's still somewhat of a necessity. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about how how you've helped to navigate some of the the business owners through what's been changing as of late. Well, first things first, for my current clients. Uh, you got to get out in front of it. And in, for some of my larger clients who I know are going to be affected by this, by these rate increases, it's, it's negotiating with the carriers early to see what, to see where things are going to change because the average SMB is going to face a 50% rate increase on their cyber policy, if not higher. So having an understanding of early, what forms are changing, what, what exclusions are changing is key from there. It's working and you hit the nail head on that communication side. So it's communicating with the, with the client to make sure that they give as much information to the, the company as possible to prepare that renewal package. And, but that also starts, that doesn't start 90 days throughout the year. That starts after we sell the policy the year before and we implement our stewardship plan, whether it's through training or bringing in outside resources, carriers looking at controls that clients have more than they ever have. You will be in a situation, my guess, and I don't have a crystal ball by any means, but but within two years, if not a year, you will not be able to buy a cyber insurance policy if you haven't deployed multi-factor authentication. Def- definitely seeing some similar. So multi- multi-factor authentication, something that comes up regularly. But but even even deeper than that, like if a company decides to use a particular technology, benefit administrative system that has medical information or you know credit card processing systems that have credit card numbers stored, like it's part of that constant communication with somebody like yourself would in theory include all of that these days. And I don't think business owners necessarily realize that. Does, am, I, am I close there? No, I, you're right. Because one of the biggest pushbacks I get from some clients is, well, we store credit card pol- uh, info, but it's on my POS or it's on my admin system. You know, it, you know, it's going to pick that up in the event of a breach. But the reality is, is, Average SMB, in my experience, doesn't really read those contracts too closely. And a lot of times, it, there's pretty specific language that says, hey, if we get a breach, 
not necessarily our fault. You, you know, we're not, we're not taking all of this in the event of personal data. And then number two, it, even if there are some controls in place, we're a very litigious society and a breach happens and someone's personal data comes on, it comes out and it can be tied back to the place they, you know, the, the vendor that they, that exposed it, everyone's getting brought in. And if you don't have cyber insurance, your general liability is not picking that up. Your prof- you know, the, it's, you've got to have that to cover all of your bases. And you know, again, this, you've mentioned it a number of times, like third parties, like folks that a small, medium-sized business might be leaning on for the daily operations of their business, they can be subjected to this. Now, I, I agree with you that sometimes the contracts with these types of services, you know, might not be read with a fine-tooth comb. And the and even just more than that, the business owner mindset might be, yeah, something goes wrong. I'm just going to pin it back on you. I'm going to blame you, which I totally understand that. But the idea of notifying customers that there's been a breach or any sort of legal fees that are associated with it, like all this stuff amounts to time and money that – for the most part, business owners don't have if they're running a business. It amounts to time and money. And, and the worst part, as, as Steve, we're both business development guys. It's not revenue generating time. It's it, it's it, it is the it's not time that no that people want to spend on. And if you're a medium sized business owner with a dream, you're good to stick with what you're good at. And once you go into this place, it becomes a scary world. Yeah, and despite that. Business owners and really everybody out there, but look at ways for the technology and programs that we're using to speed things along, try to make things more efficient. But, you know, again, it comes with a certain amount of exposure. And I just I I I love the idea of trying to be as prepared as possible for this. You know, there's the, the old adage, you know, proactive versus reactive, certainly applicable here. But, you know, conditioned, engineered response for everybody, because something will go wrong somewhere. If it's not with you and your folks internally, it could be with the softwares and technology and tools that you're using on a daily basis. But what happens first is a lot of times what people ask, like, what do we do first to really help this along? It's, it's so true. And I tell folks, you know, I had a conversation with a client last week and I said, look, it's not today. Something's going to change next week and something's going to change the following week. And the market is so fluid that it's a matter of if it's a matter of when and what separates good companies or good companies from the great companies is how quickly can you get back up and running after that? Absolutely. And when you're talking sales and business development, there's a lot of folks out there that will use scare attacks and it'll feel like threats. But I think this is one that kind of hits home with everybody because they feel it every day in both their personal and business life. You know, whether, yeah, it's, there's no, no doubt. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. Stay with us, everybody. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? 
Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. Not just me, though. We're chatting with my friend, John Gover, risk manager at Cross Insurance Agency. Some great pearls of wisdom for everyone to take home over the weekend. Small, medium-sized businesses are at risk, are susceptible out there. And some of the messages that we want to get out to everybody, some some sound bites to take away over the weekend. We talked a little bit about communication. One of the things that I wrote down, and uh, this is a good thought, John, best defense is a good offense. And a lot of that just has to do with who your teammates are. I love the idea of the compliment that you are part of the management team. That's the space where I feel like a lot of business owners and their and their staff really need to get to as it relates to this topic and the professionals advising them. But, uh, you know, constantly evolving process to get to get people into that mindset. But enough of me blabbering. Let's hear from you. What weekend insight can you give everyone to make a Monday impact around this topic? Look, and think about this, Steve, and this is something that I tell all my clients is whether it's cyber insurance or any insurance that's being implemented for an SMB, that is your last resort. When you are utilizing insurance, you're having a bad day and it's there when you need it. You want to be, it's why you buy it to transfer that risk. But what you want to do within your organizations is make it a cultural fit and make sure in implement a culture of risk management and awareness that you can stop some of these issues before they ever happen. And so that's, that's my ins is make, make it a resilient culture, make it a culture where you can share and people are willing to ask questions. And these claims, they may happen, but there's a lesser of a chance there. You know, I'm a big believer in almost everything in this life is a risk versus reward discussion. And I I love the idea that you just threw out there of make it a cultural thing. And in reality, when you're talking a small, medium-sized business, it's almost like ingrained as a cultural thing already. It's like if you're a small, medium-sized business, you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs, by definition, like a little bit of risk. That's how they get to realize some of their best rewards out there. But with the climate that we're in these days, and it's not not meant to be scare tactics and threats and all of that, we're a lot more dependent 
on technology. It delivers a lot of our daily functions and business operations and personal operations. Some people can't turn the lights on in their house without talking to ALEXA, but it's kind of part of the DNA of a small, medium-sized business is to take on some risk, to put themselves out there. It's just kind of getting into this part of the mindset that that is like an ever-evolving process, it seems. 100%. 100%. That's all. That's really all it is. You know, back to the communication thing for a second, because I think that's also really big here. You know, again, the threats change on a daily basis. The software is the tools used to mitigate change on a daily basis. Uh, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of malware written every single day. Like, it's foolish to think that it couldn't make its way into a small, medium-sized business. But, like, what's the frequency that, you know, again, you, you're considered part of the management team by some clients. I love that concept. I think it's great. But is it like, at this point, with this type of topic of discussion, is it like, a, I need to check in on you every other week? Like, once a month? Like, once every three months? Because there's a lot of things out there. I think it, it depends on the organization and it, 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 with the law, with an organization that's really concerned about this as well as other f- risks out there, we talk on a frequent basis. Um, you know, I've got, but at, at a minimum, it's once a quarter with clients. Uh, some of them, I go on a weekly basis. I'm talking to, uh, I'm talking to folks. Yeah, I mean, it's there's especially when you talk like financial services, there's risk committees and things like that. A lot of times those folks have a, a standing weekly call. Like, would you, you know, as part of your stewardship and training and in, ingraining yourself into the SMB, would you even, like throw that up on the table immediately? Is, hey, if you have a risk management committee meeting once a week, you know, I, I'll gladly visit every week. That's uh, that's a part of our dialogue for the moment we ingrain. It's one of the first questions we ask, and we ask what level of support they're getting from that because that's one that whether it's myself or we have a full risk management team that are that's that's in our organization that that's all they do to support clients. We're, we want to be involved in that. We want to be involved in the client's world as much as they will let us. Let's put it that way. So, you know, asking questions like that of an SMB, do you have a, a risk committee meeting on a weekly basis? It depends on the safety industry. Com- yeah, safety committee, a- any sort of just training or, or process surrounding these liabilities is that, that's the that's probably right after I ask. I ask what their name is and how long they've been there. The before we and that's the other thing, too, Steve, that's before we even talk insurance. Yeah. It, it's when we're working with a client insurance, maybe we get to insurance in the first meeting. Maybe it's the second. It's uh, it's talking about the processes around it is the first our, our first attack. Yep. Yeah. Very big on that on that open line of communication. It seems like John love the discussion. It's something that has been on my mind and many guests that I've talked with over the last couple of weeks and folks that I spoke with on the webinar really appreciate you spending some time with me today and going over you know, some, some, some nooks and crannies as it relates to SMBs. It seems like the end of the story is that pretty much every SMB out there should have some type of cyber liability insurance and some type of process and people around it. Absolutely. Whether in that, I stand by that to this day, whether you are a one person consulting for my one per, I have plenty of one man consulting firms that have a little bit of coverage to large 50, 60, a hundred million dollar organizations that buy all the coverage they can have. 
you got to have this. This needs to be as part of your arsenal as it is on any other insurance policy. And it, because if you don't have it, you don't want to be in a situation where you need it and you don't have the coverage to back you up. Yeah. Again, I, not big on, on, on scare tactics and things like that, but I am very, very big on calculated risk versus trial by fire. And this is one spot where you, you don't, you don't want to get burned and you don't want the after effects that come with that. So, John, really, really appreciate you spending some time with us again today. Uh, Cross Insurance Agency, John's up in New England servicing folks all over the country. But Cross Insurance Agency, go visit the website. Go look John up on LinkedIn. You guys want to get in touch with him. You could text SMB guy, all one word, to 21000. You'll get in contact with me. I'll put you in contact with John. Before I let you go for the day, John, we're going to revisit my favorite questions that I like to ask my guests. Who is your favorite... I, I got to put this little personal spin on it, baby. So who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who is the artist you'd like to hear play it? So without further ado, haven't gotten into this one yet, but I, I love the, the thought process here as far as how it relates to you and what you do. You said your favorite TV show character is John Dutton from Yellowstone. So John is, and not just a clever name, the patriarch of a ranching family in Montana, the Duttons come to own Yellowstone Ranch and routinely faces off against other folks who are encroaching on the land. I, I can't find a better analogy for cyber liability and cyber criminals, can you? Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's like a, like the story is written for itself, you know, <laughs> encroaching, you know, helping SMBs against those encroaching threats, whether virtual natural or what have you that's what we that's what we do absolutely man so to, to switch into a more fun party-ish type of discussion you said your favorite movie and tv show is entourage so movie star vincent chase i'm sure everybody's seen it out there and if you haven't go watch it right after the show's over but movie star vincent chase navigates the entertainment world and associated craziness of los angeles with a close circle of friends and his trusty agent you know besides the fun aspect here man yeah i think of you with with your agency and your stewardship and your training and your entourage becoming ingrained with the business and being considered an extension and a part of the management team it's he couldn't have said it better myself, Steve. Very good. That's that's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> but yeah, I love the show. Love love the love the analogy. It's a beautiful thing. And anytime I can put my face on Vincent Chase, I'm going to do that. You can rest assured of that. But uh, favorite musical instruments, one of my favorites as well, and the artist you'd, you'd like to hear play it. You said the saxophone, which is one of two instruments I actually know how to play. And uh, played by none other than Jerry DePizzo from OAR, of a revolution. So I'm a fan of OAR as well. Formed in 1996 in Maryland, where is where I went to school. Hung out with them a couple times along the way. Yeah, just great, great stuff, man. It's, I don't think I've gotten that answer yet in 70 episodes or however many I've done. It's uh, the most talent, the talented crew, you know, in 22 or 25 years running. Absolutely. John, once again, thanks for spending some time with me thanks today. Thanks for having me, man. This was a blast. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate the work that you're doing and continue to do. Coming up next week, we're going to talk 401k on 401. Not a April Fool's Day joke by any means. Figured we'd chat with my friend Vinny Allard over at Human Interest, a technology-enabled 401k retirement platform for SMBs. Lots to discuss in that space between the state retirement mandates, caution against investments in cryptocurrency, somewhat related to the cyber world, obviously. 
various tax credits available, just the general state of retirement in the country. Hanging with Vinny is always a blast, so don't miss it. Until then, thank you for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you gain some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend, everyone. We will see you next week at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday on talkradio.myc. Take care, everyone. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.